here's the deal. Just don't start charging for parking at Quick Trip, and I'm good, because I'll go broke. Coming up on the show, we'll talk to Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. Also, it says Gary Dieter and Anthony Sherman in the studio. I know Sherman will be here. No idea. Gary Dieter might be on the phone. He might be uh, asleep in Las Vegas, and he might be here. But that's that's the fun of it. You just it's, you don't know. Do you know? Can you no, tell me for sure? I don't I mean, know. I have no idea. Right, but all those are possibilities when yep. it's laid out there. All of the above. And then Jesse Newell from the Kansas City Star. He'll be here. Oh yeah, he shows. Come hell or high water, he'll that's be right. here. So I have a story that I uh, saw, and it made me think of my old friend Nate Buchanan. Uh oh. See if I can get you off the fence about something today. And I feel Drake would be a good, uh, some good input here. Director Sam Mendez. Have you seen this story, Drake? I have not. Um, okay, so for the first time ever, the Beatles have granted full life story and music rights for a scripted film. Okay, and, and I'm bringing this up because the biggest Beatles fan that I know is Nate Bucati. Not the only Beatles fan, but I think he's the biggest Beatles fan that I know. That's okay. what I would say. I hope you take that as a compliment. Okay. And so they, uh, what, was, what was the movie? Backbeat? No, about the, the kid in an alternate universe that... that Oh yeah, yesterday. yeah. That uh, yeah, was it yesterday. Yeah, I enjoy, I like that. That's great. Yeah, I enjoyed that great. movie. I love that. movie. I enjoyed that movie. Yeah. Okay. Wonderful. And the the pre- premise behind that movie being that something magical happened and everybody in the world forgot all the Beatles songs, but him. He remembered him. And so yeah, he was yeah. the one that created all these new songs. I thought that was a, the world. Uh, a super entertaining. Movie. Yeah, loved it. But so so, but this for the first time they're 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 granting full life story and music rights for a scripted film. Not just the use of some of their music. This is going to be about them, right? Okay. So like a biopic almost. Right, right. And this is like I... Is it biopic or biopic? How do you say it? It's one of the big questions of my life. I say biopic. Okay. That's just what I say. I don't know. That's what I I hear when I read it. Okay. And I love... I love biopics. Yeah. And and, and there have been some... I, I, I enjoy like... I wanted to see the Bob Marley one very badly. I've heard mixed reviews on it, but I hear the music is great. It knocked it out so. of, the, of the park as far as the box office. I, I had a great first weekend. Yeah, very excited to see. Love Bob Marley. And so, like I like I I, I like Walk the Line a lot. Yeah, you know about Johnny Cash. You know Bohemian Rhapsody. I like the I, I even like the Elton John. Although that got really mixed reviews, I enjoy because I'm a fan of Elton John's music. Um. Isn't there one out about Little Richard that just came out in the past no, year? Is it? I think there was. Like I like uh, Ray was awesome. Um, I know I'm missing some. Isn't there a Jerry Lee Lewis back in the nineties? Yeah, the 80s? you know the and one of the best La ones. La Bamba is one of my favorite movies. Of, thank you. I was yeah. going to say La Bamba is one of my favorite movies of all time. But I remember going to the movie theater, and I can't remember when it came out. I want to say it was in the late seventies. My dad. And my mom took me to see the Buddy Holly story. And do you remember who played Buddy? And it was in the late seventies. No, G- Gary Busey. Oh wow, he was normal. Yeah, and he he was nominated for the Academy Award. And I remember going to that movie 
And that's what turned me on to Buddy, Buddy Holly music. And, if, and, you know, you went to Lubbock and went to the museum and got me yep. a souvenir. Yep. I've forever been a Buddy, Buddy Holly fan. And then learning the story about Richie Valens and Buddy Holly and the Big Bopper and loving La Bamba and everything else. Yes. And so I'm always, I like to go. Even if I wasn't a big fan of the music, I like biopics about musicians. Sam Mendez, very fine director, is directing four separate Beatles movies. From each Paul, wow. John, George, and Ringo's perspectives. Wow. Four different movies. He plans to make four separate movies, one from each Beatle, Beatles member's point of view. They will intersect to tell the astonishing story of the greatest band in history, leading up to their 70 break, 1970 breakup, according to the press release. Paul McCartney and Ringo star in the families of John Lennon and George Harrison have granted a full life story and music rights for the scripted films. Sam Mendez, who's the Oscar-nominated filmmaker of American Beauty, uh, 1917. He did the Bond films, Skyfall, Inspector. Uh, so, you know, very good. Um, also, I didn't mention how much I love the Elvis biopic. Did you know that? I only saw, I've heard that I've a couple times that from you. 44 times, yeah. so whatever. So what I ask you is, number one, which one would you be most excited to go see of the four? Like I told you, hey, they're all released. And Nate, you can, you can go to, the, what's the first one you want to go run and see? Paul McCartney. I mean, Paul is my favorite Beatle by far. Um, I feel like for most people that love the Beatles, you, you either fall in the Paul McCartney or John Lennon camp, you know, and I'm much more Paul than I am. John Lennon, personally. Jake, do you have an opinion um, on this? Do you like the Beatles? Is, I love the Beatles. Does this intrigue I, you? I am also a Paul guy. His sensibility is unmatched. But I think I think John probably had a more interesting story. I think that's true. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I think that's true. And But, you know, honestly, the most interesting story, I, you could make a strong case for George Harrison. Oh, sure. Um, because... That's why I'm glad they're doing four yeah, different movies. Yeah, because, like, <clears throat> at least the... And I'm not, I'm by far, by no means am I an expert on all the Beatles stuff. I haven't read a million books about them and all those things. I just like their music a whole lot. I've watched some documentaries on them and listened to my buddies. We, we debate things about them sometimes. But as far as I understand the narrative and the story, and watching that last documentary when they made the last album together, you could see it kind of playing out. Um, George Harrison was obviously a very, they all were very gifted musicians. And George Harrison was... Really good uh, guitar player. was a great guitar player and, and had his own ideas and had songs and things he wanted to write. But just happened to be in a band with like two of the greatest songwriters in world history. So he, he didn't really ever get to fully use his voice. And I think he, he was obviously very frustrated by the end of it um, that he, he kind of felt like he was a little stifled. So I think you could make a case that he would be really interesting. They'll all be very interesting. I think I'd, I would, I'd want to go see the Lennon because uh, both of my uncles. See, no, no. See, I had one uncle. They all, they, they, they both love the Beatles. I'm trying to think which was which. My my uncle Richie loved Paul McCartney and Wings. Yeah, because that, that was right in his wheelhouse. Yeah, but my uncle Phil loved John Lennon and I remember I think I've told you this when I was a little kid one of the he, he would play and he, he he had they both 
spent thousands of dollars on their stereos. You know, it's like remember the big wide and the big speakers. Yeah. yeah. And what was uh, what was the the famous was it the the poster of the the guy sitting in the leather chair? It was the Max L. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. They, had, they both had that big frame poster, you know. But they, yeah. I mean, they, that's that's what they invested in, right? Yeah. And you know, my uncle was a police officer. My other uncle was a UPS supervisor, and they, but they that's how they would unwind. They go sit in their chairs and just blare stuff. Mm-hmm. And my uncle Phil loved. Uh, that album Double Fantasy by John Lennon, mm-hmm. and so you know, we, we list, I'd listen to that. And my mom liked that or whatever else, and so I kind of grew up kind of fascinated by both of them. But then, obviously, when we were kids, I don't I, I remember when I was eight years old when John Lennon was killed, and that adds yeah another element. And then all the controversy with Yoko. I think, like he said, there would be yeah. a lot of meat on that bone. You could, there's yeah a that's, lot that that's... movie would be kind of you know that's true. And, and I remember I actually listened. You were the person that, that introduced me to how good Howard Stern's interviews are. And he did a great interview with Paul McCartney oh, yeah. talking about – and they talked – they got really into his childhood and, and John Lennon's childhood. And honestly, like, I think the reason I like Paul McCartney better is I lean more towards songs with good melody that are easy to sing along to that make you feel good. And uh, that doesn't mean I never like dark songs, but I just th- – that's not where my – that's not where I tend to go. Um and and Lennon was his his approach was a lot more melancholy in my opinion and a lot more I don't know I guess introspective they were they were they were kind of just heavier and uh, when you think about like the way they grew up you know Paul describes this like really nurturing family like his mom and dad loved him and his dad taught music and it just everything was pretty nice and maybe that's what you know that seemed to kind of color his outlook he just seems to have a very sunny disposition you know Paul McCartney just seems like a happy guy. And John Lennon, on the flip side, his dad was nowhere to be found when he was a kid. Uh, he, he talked in that interview with with Howard Stern about when his dad kind of came back around back into his life and and was basically like, I believe, it, I believe the story went that, you know, he wasn't a great guy and he didn't really, and he was kind of like, Oh, now you're now my son's famous. I want to be a part of his life, you know, and 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 that that really colored a lot of John Lennon's outlook on things on, in, in a different way. You'll see all four. Oh hell yeah! And I'm not you, I'm not really big. Well, bo- watch the 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 Ringo movie will be the best one for some reason. Dude, well, I was gonna say it'll be fascinating. Yeah. Imagine being Ringo Starr. <laughs> I did you do a movie on the guy that was the original drummer? And and. You know, Ringo wrote some really fun songs, and he's always like, he's kind of considered like the dope of the group, well, you know? Also, he's responsible for a young Stephen St. John, one of his favorite uh, R-rated comedies. Do you, do you remember, did you ever see the movie he was in? Was it Caveman? Do you remember uh, that? I don't know. Vaguely. <laughs> a lot of, a whole lot of... Poop humor in that one. <laughs> in nineteen eighty one, so I would have been nine years old. Yeah. At one point, they they all fell in a, a big pile of dinosaur poop. <laughs> well, you know. Oh yeah, is, is Ringo Starr, Dennis Quaid, Barbara Bach, Shelley Long. It was a good cast. And his name was uh, Atuk. I don't know. Look, look that up sometime. Okay. That maybe that'll be in the movie. Play, play this song. This and so whenever I think of like my uncle and John, this is my favorite John Lennon song. 
This song still hits. All right. Do you know this one? Yeah. Yeah. So there. I just want to hear the song for a little bit. Makes me reminisce. Ah. About my uncle uh, playing it at, like, the, his, his house would shake. You know? I miss those days of the big of the big stereos and the big giant speakers. Yeah. That's what I got for my graduation present. I never really had a great speaker system. They're also making movies about Amy Winehouse, Michael Jackson, and the Bee Gees. That Bee Gees movie would be good. Yeah, I want to see that documentary about the Bee Gees. That, uh, Jeff Judea told us to watch that. Yeah. Yeah. And I never did. I'm not, I, I am not as big of a biopic guy as you. Like, I still haven't seen most of the ones you just listed off. I did see, what was it, Straight Out of Compton? That one was interesting. Um, I usually like them when I see them. I guess I just don't... Uh... Probably the best one is Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> see, if you know this trivia, who played Elvis in Walk Hard, the Dewey Cox story? Will Ferrell. No. I didn't see it. Jack White. No kidding? Yeah. Oh, wow. Someday there will be a Jack White biopic. I'd like to see it. Yeah, you I'd would. Like to, I'd like to be in it if I could. <laughs> All right. Now, that'll be fascinating. There. I thought you'd enjoy that What story. a big responsibility to make a movie about some people that were that influential in the world and tell them, and do their story justice and tell it the right way. That, I think that's why it's such a big deal that they got yeah. the families behind them and signed off they all on have access to all the information and yeah. everything else. Yeah. You don't, want, you don't want the unauthorized. No. No. That's Hopefully he tells the story in a fair way and, and in the right way. You know, people have their, all their opinions about why the Beatles broke up and whose fault it was and all that, and maybe it just was time. And sometimes, what, what, what was one of your favorite bands used to always say, you know, nothing lasts forever, even cold November rain. That's right. You know. So you got that to look forward to. That'll be great. You're joking about a movie about Pete Best, but that Backbeat movie from 94 was about Stu, who left the band really early on in the Cavern days. It was it was a good movie, but that was just a very small part of the Beatles story. Yeah. What was the, and what was the, I like the uh, about the fictional band Tom Hanks? Uh, oh, the uh, that thing you do. Yeah, that thing you do. Oh, I never saw that. That band. That's a oh, good was a movie. Good one. Yeah, that's a really good movie. Stupid, stupid question. Eddie and, and the Cruisers. Oh, I love that movie. That's, one of my, that's oh, fiction, right? Yeah. yeah, that's one of my favorite movies of yeah. all time, starring Michael Pere, Tom Berenger. Uh, and the, the, the great. Well, the funny thing about that was, uh, it wasn't Michael. It wasn't the actor. People thought it was the actor that was singing. Yeah. the soundtrack, but it was on the dark side. Uh, John Cafferty and the Beaver Brown Band, who apparently were not pleasant enough to put on film. <laughs> Michael, oh, that, Eddie and the Cruisers, yeah, one of the one of my favorite movies as a kid. Now Richie loves that movie, the sequel, god awful, horrible. Yeah. It should be burned, and no one should ever be allowed to see it. <laughs> so how about that? 
Don't go see it. I will not see that one. The uh, the sequel. All right. What else you got? I've been giving you stories left and right. Yeah. In the wheelhouse. Soccer. Yeah. Beatles. This is crazy, parking, man. Parking. And you, you get nothing. Well, I don't know what you what you want from me. I mean, I I'm, I'm here to I'm here for it. Next time I want to bet against your soccer team, tell me that that could be some good money to be made. Well, you I didn't Jake see that so coming dismissive yesterday. of this yesterday. Well, I said, "What can I do?" I even asked him, "What are the odds? Should I bet against Arsenal?" And Jake's all, oh, "No chance." <laughs> and I look up there, I go, yeah. "Did they just did this team just lose?" Yeah, so they I missed did. The goal, and like Dylan was like, "Oh yeah." In the last seconds, and I, 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 I this isn't. I was at my son's basketball game at that point, but I had it on my phone. Not like I'm not being mean or whatever, but I did wish you had been there because I wanted to see your reaction. Yeah, were y'all pissed off? I was. Oh, I, no, did you see it when you didn't see, or did you see it when you had? I, I had it on my phone, so I saw it when it happened. Oh, yeah, you had it on. You're you're hardcore. You had it on your phone during the game. Yeah, when my son's on the bench, I you know I would watch it, and he was on the bench at that time, okay. so I, I was I was watching it. What did you do? Um, Slam the phone down. No, I mean Benny, I'm, I'm leaving. Yeah. <laughs> I don't this game. I started crying. Did I make a commotion? Ran just to storm, the bathroom. Out of the middle school basketball game. <laughs> yeah, I did. What's wrong with Mister Buchanan? Yeah. Wow, Arsenal. Well, I did get. Uh, I got in serious <laughs> trouble at my son's game yesterday because as he was getting subbed out of the game. I had the audacity to say, good job, Benny. And he shot daggers at me like he right. just, you son of a. How, yeah, they don't want you to do that. How dare you? So I I didn't say anything else out loud the rest of the game. They they don't want you to say their name. I guess. is that Was that it? Yeah. Or maybe it was because I called him Benny. I don't know. Or just the, the, the name. Yeah. You know. Now everybody knows that. He's, he's got, yeah, he's got to, that I have a dad who loves me. He's got, yeah, yeah. He's got to give like just generic, you know. What could be worse? You know. Hey, good job, guys. Way to, way to hustle. Yeah, good hustle. Just don't you say know. the name. Oh, that's a good tip. I've been told it's okay for me. Hands up, D. Come on, hands up. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. everyone. But then if yeah. I add the name, they're like, they know that they know that's you. Like, oh, do they? Yeah. They just figured that out now that I'm your dad. Wow. After after these fifteen years, sorry, I let the cat out of the bag. Yeah, yeah, you can't use a name. Can't make it that specific. That's where you right. went wrong. Yeah, I thought if, if I just don't shout any, you know, criticisms at him or coaching instructions or yell at the rest, if I avoid those things, it'd be all right. Just keep it positive. Hey, good job. No, wrong. Stupid. Next question. <laughs> Eric Hosmer, yeah, retires. Yep, I posted some pictures of. Uh, it was quite a Eric collage. Hosmer. It was, wasn't it? You because I remember, I, I sometimes forget the absolute obsession of my wife and my daughters. They all had Hosmer jerseys. They would, you know, I had to pull strings to get them into a Hosmer signing at Oak Park Mall. And let me tell you something: we forget all about all this stuff, right? That still was the craziest signing that I've been to. There was a it was, it was a sort of Oak Park ball down one thing around the other. It was unbelievable. And then I was just you know looking at some different stuff people were posting. Do you remember? I forgot all about this when everyone all the girls went crazy and basically just rushed him at the, at the Justin Bieber concert. Yeah, 
Yeah, it was he and Casey were together at that one, weren't oh, they? Yeah. They Hell couldn't get these. outside. Yeah, yeah. That was I was just going to say that one if you didn't if you didn't because that I don't remember and maybe it's because Pat Mahomes and Kelsey never try, they wouldn't even try to go out into the public like that without Kelsey would. Kelsey did. Kelsey yeah, has. he's done that. Yeah, yeah. yeah he was shooting. He was at the wheel last year, right? Yeah, ha- having pizza up up until the last few months. Kelsey's. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But I don't remember any celebrity in Kansas City in my lifetime ever getting mobbed like that, like that Justin Bieber concert. Dude, and that and that signing too. I, I, we, how how soon we forget the obsession? Because you know his career didn't go the way he wanted. He got paid. Yeah, but his career fell off sharply after he left Kansas City. Yep. But, I mean, if you think about what he did here, right, he, he was a huge part of of the championship team, mm-hmm. huge part of those two World Series runs, was incredible in the postseason. I mean, that's easy. That's a, that's a shoe-in for the Royals Hall of Fame. Should be, yeah. I mean, yeah? Yeah. Right, Jake? That's the, there's, there's no question there. I mean, from, that, from the World Series team, you got to go – Kane, Mustaka, Mustaka, Salvi, Salvi. I think Escobar personally. Oh hell yes! Uh, and 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 uh, of course Gordo. A lot of guys. HDH, HDH. All three of them as one entity. Yeah, yeah that that would be awesome. Yeah, that would be Why awesome. Not? Yeah. I don't know. Just it. it spent, shockingly, I spent like uh, half an hour just. Appreciating Eric Hosmer because we just we forget what this town was like and how Royals crazy it was and and he was right there the leader of it. It, it. He's an interesting one because he was the leader of a, a, a an era of Royals baseball of, of of championship sports in this town, right? Um, because because they had a four year run where they were relevant and good. Right, the year before they kind of made a push late in the season. Then fourteen was the year they they made all the way to the World Series. Obviously, fifteen won it. And the year after that, they were competitive. So for about a four year run, it, it was really good baseball. And he was never a great player. You know what I mean? Like he was a good player. Um, he was he was kind of volatile. He would have his hot streaks and cold streaks, but he was a he was the consistent leader of the team. And kind of face of the team, he was the like like your whole family loved he, the f- people in town loved him. So it's different because like you think of you think of the eighties Royals, the late seventies, early eighties Royals, and it's George Brett, George Brett, George Brett, and George Brett was one of the greatest baseball players to ever live. And you think of this era of the Kansas City Chiefs, and Patrick Mahomes is one of the greatest football players to ever live. Hosmer doesn't fit in that category, and the window is smaller. But for that brief period of time... He had a bunch of big moments in the postseason. Big moments in the postseason. 29 ribbies and 31 postseason games. I mean, he the mad dash home. That's 29 ribbies and yeah. 31 games? Yeah. But, in, but right, if you the like, mad dash home, who got the hit? Hosmer. Um, I'm talking about with, with Lorenzo Cain. Oh, that one, and yeah. The, yeah, there's, there's a he couple got the mad hit. dashes yeah, home. Yeah, he got the hit when, when Kane went first to home. Right. And then the mad dash home for, in, against the Mets was him. Right. Um, I, I like, But, like, this is the kind of the enigma. His postseason batting average was two fifty seven, you know, but he had 33 RBIs. 
Four of those were the Padres, but just with the Royals, yeah. he had 20, 29 ribbies in 31 games. Yeah, okay, yeah. Um, and big moments. Yeah. He he just – but we, he's the, he is the genesis of the quote we use all the time that J.J. Piccolo told me way back when Hosmer was coming through the minor leagues. If you're going to have a championship team, your best guy has to be your best guy. And he was talking about Hosmer and how he thought – the combination of Moose and Haas was, was going to make this team a winner because Moose was kind of the red ass, right? He was, he was, he was the guy that, that if somebody got thrown at in a game, he would go sliding in and take somebody out at second base and send a message. Remember him up on the front step of the dugout yeah. when they threw at Escobar? That was, that was kind of the, 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 that was what Moose brought to the table and Haas was like, He's our best guy. He's the guy we want in front of the media every time it's time to and he you know, always answer talked tough questions. Whether it, was, whether it was good or bad. He always talked before every game. He talked after any tough situation. Remember when um, – uh, my brain, my brain's falling apart right now. You're going to do this. Come on. Um, I believe in you. Come on. It's in there. Tip of your tongue. I'd help you. I have no idea what you're going to say. Well – uh, Jordano Ventura. My brain was stuck on Alcides Escobar's name, but Jordano Ventura, when Jordano Ventura was having his kind of maturity issues and he kept getting into scraps with other teams, and 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 it, they finally gotten into a little dust-up with the White Sox, Hosmer was the one after the game on the field. Joel Goldberg interviewed him, and Hosmer said, we got we got to cut some of this stuff out. This this is this has become an issue, and we're getting distracted from the you know the, the main goal, which is winning games, and we're going to get this addressed. And they did, right? Like Hosmer was that guy. He was the guy that would say things publicly that needed to be said, but never said anything that would get anybody in trouble. If something needed to be dealt with in the clubhouse, he seemed to be the guy that was willing to do that. He was the highs. He was and and uh, it's yeah like. The best guy had to be your best guy. He wasn't. He wasn't like the best player on the team. You know, Lorenzo Cain was probably a better all around player. Salvi's the one that's that's ticketed for the Hall of Fame, possibly. All that, but he was the best guy. And um, a lot of big signature moments in the postseason. Big, man. big moments. Postseason is different when you do things on that stage that will, that you will remember forever. And he has a few of them. Mm-hmm. They just put you in a different category. Right. It just does. Right. You know. Hey, I mean, how often do we talk about Buddy Bianca? Sorry, Buddy Bianca for the World Series he had when he outplayed Ozzy Smith. I'm sorry, Drake. Are you? You're what not you, sorry. Not, sorry, not sorry. I, I didn't do it. Right. I did not. Play, I certainly did not play Ozzy Smith in that series. Right. But he did. But um, you were, and guess what? Buddy Bianca went on David Letterman because of it. It's what you do on the biggest stage. No break. What? What are you gonna say? Well, what, what would Alex Gordon's legacy in Kansas City be? Without that home run, it'd be good. It'd be good, but well, yeah, he hit that home run. <laughs> who, and who the sack fly that won the game in the experience that same game? It was Haas, right? Yeah. There you go. Hey, here you go. Did, uh, Kane score from third? I don't know. My memory's good, not that good. It's about Haas, dude. Come on, I'm trying to pump him up. You're trying to get him as a weekly guest on the show. Well, why wouldn't I? That'd be pretty awesome. Get on. Once you get on the phone with that, yeah. should I reach out to Casey? Seriously. It would be helpful, yes. Okay. Right. Why do you think I was making those posts and tagging him last night? <laughs> All right. I'm trying to get him in the fold here. 
We'll take a break. Back after this on WHP. Welcome back to the show. Let's check in with Matt Derrick from ChiefsDigest.com. Hello, Matt. How are you? I am very well. Stephen, how about yourself? I'm good. I'm one of the uh, people suffering with this nationwide cell phone outage, so sounds like you're okay. So far, so good, but... I disappear in the middle of this. Disappear in the middle of the conversation. I guess we'll know why. Drake says uh, we might be under cyber attack. So, prepare yourself. Just a matter of time. It is. I mean, it is a matter of time. I just don't want it to be today. I want it to be yeah. later. You know. I'm. I'm. I'm still waiting. I mean, aren't, aren't we pretty much close to the time period when you know that the robots are supposed to turn on us and you'll all Terminator and everything? Oh yeah. I mean, it's, they kind of have. That's, haven't they? That's gonna happen. You know. Yeah. Well, we're about that time now where the Raiders have figured out the blueprint how to beat the Chiefs. <laughs> you know, let's get two defensive touchdowns and everything will take care of itself. Uh, yeah, as long as the, the Chiefs, you know, play like dog dirt, then yeah, the Raiders got a formula. I feel like, and, and part of this is, uh, I think, the, considering, in my opinion, you know, Denver and Oakland or Denver and Las Vegas, they don't have quarterbacks. Uh, and they don't have whoever the starting quarterback is going to be on their roster yet. But I feel like the AFC West clearly first first place is locked up. And I, I hate to sound so arrogant as a Chiefs fan, but that's locked up. As long as Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Steve Spagnuolo, as long as those gentlemen are involved in organized football, the AFC West first place is locked up. And I'll be honest with you. I feel like now that Harbaugh is in uh, L.A. with the Chargers and what he could turn Her- uh, Herbert into and just the idea of, of how good Harbaugh is, I, I kind of feel like second place might be spoken for. And so, like, if you're Denver and Las Vegas, does I, I mean, look, and they're going to they're gonna try. They, I mean, look, Sean Payton's a hell of a coach, and I'm sure they'll be aggressive and try to get a quarterback, but... Boy, that seems like a daunting task to try to crack the top two now with what's uh, what's on top of them. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I still think that Sean Payton is the kind of coach that he can take a team to the playoffs without even necessarily having his franchise quarterback. I mean, as long as he's got somebody that he can work with with his system, I think he's still a coach who can win 10 games. So, you know, I mean, there's a possibility there. Um, Harbaugh, I mean, I, I, I have to expect is, you know, based on what he's, his body of work in college, I would have to expect is still in the top of the game. So, yeah, giving him a franchise quarterback and the elements there, if, as long as the, the snake bite bad luck that the Chargers have had over the years doesn't affect Harbaugh, they should be it's clearly the number two team. And, and the Raiders, I, I don't know because I just, Antonio Pierce is obviously, I think, a really good coach, but they just don't have a lot of pieces right now, and that's that's the key. And I don't know how much faith I have that they're going to be able to find all the pieces. So maybe he's a good enough coach that he can make a team better than the sum of its parts, but you're right. I mean, it feels like right now that the Chiefs should be the, the perennial champion right now. I mean, the Chargers might be good enough under Harbaugh to challenge them on occasion, especially if the Chiefs kind of, you know, and it's hard to tell because 
they clearly, hey, they lock things up at the end. Even things got, you know, things got much closer at the end of the AFC West than they should have. Uh, it's to me, it's just how can you continue to keep this team motivated for the regular season year in and year out when they don't really worry and care about this, those seventeen games as much. They only care about the playoffs, and I don't blame them because it's a long, long season, and the most important games are the final three or four of the year. All right, let's uh, let's move on to what uh, the Chiefs are going to be doing in this off season. Uh, bet online right now. Assuming that he doesn't return to Tampa, Bet Online has the Kansas City Chiefs as the favorites to sign uh, Mike Evans, wide receiver, at plus two hundred. And so is that? I mean, I, I've gone back and forth. I, I, I don't. I don't know if they're going to go out and make a huge splash like a Mike Evans, a wide receiver. I think they'll add a veteran. And I think they'll certainly address it at some point in the draft. But what do you say when you see that uh, that uh, some some people in Vegas and Bet Online have the Chiefs as the favorites to sign Mike Evans if he becomes if he becomes available? Yeah, that kind of feels like you know big league wide team thirty two conventional wisdom rather than really specifically drilling down at the team level of of what each each club wants to do. Um, I think the general perception outside of Kansas City is that, yeah, they need receivers, so they're going to do whatever they can to, to bulk up that receiver court. But I've, I've got the gut feeling that if the Chiefs are going to spend money this year, and that means just you know more than they would normally spend in, in cash as far as keeping players, not cap dollars, but you know actual cash from Clark Hunt to, to acquire players – I think they're going to spend the majority of that money on Chris Jones and Legarius Neat and trying to keep them. Ooh. And I think those would be two bigger priorities than a receiver, honestly. And uh, I mean, my my gut would say that yeah, that if they acquire a receiver, that it's probably not going to be, especially if you know the rumors are true that like a Mike Evans wants a you know two for fifty kind of deal. No, I don't think they're going to pay Mike Evans, you know, top receiver dollar money. I mean, I, I think they would be looking for someone who is younger, more affordable. Um, even if they paid top dollar money, I think they'd go younger. I mean, I'd much rather pay like a T. Higgins a ton of money than, than Mike Evans, even though he's got a great track record because he he's older. There's He's played without injury for so long that you feel like that there's just the, the bad luck is around the corner that, I mean, Age or luck is going to catch up with him eventually, and you just don't want to be paying him $25 million a year when an ankle goes out or a knee goes out. So I I think the Chiefs would be, even though they're not going to use the phrase run it back or anything of that nature, I think they're going to avoid that for a three-peat. But I, I get the sense that their first inclination is that if they've got the cash and the money to pull it off, is that they'd rather keep the band together. Okay, we'll get to the what that actually means about keeping the band together and how they do it in a second, but I want to throw one more name at you guys at the wide receiver spot. Uh, and this is a guy that I was hoping the Chiefs would get way, way back when he came out of college. The reports are that the Seahawks might have to walk away from Tyler Lockett because of his cap hit. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, he's 31 years old. Would the Chiefs, should the Chiefs be interested in a contract? You just mentioned they maybe should go younger, but if it's a shorter-term deal, what, what what kind of a fit do you think that would be? 
Tyler Lockett, I, I said this the other day on another conversation, feels like a guy who's been a chief so many times that he should already have been one. The <laughs> 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 chief should have traded for him, could have, could have, you know, drafted him, could have traded for him. Yeah, it just feels like he, it, it, you know, got the connection. So feels like had to have wasn't Tyler Lockett a chief for a little while. Um, but no, I mean, he, hey, I think you certainly look at the numbers from last year and turning 31 wasn't as good as it was. So is he Tyler Lockett of old? I mean, I think you'd have to say no. I mean, he's a step below that. So as long as he's not expecting top dollar, even on a shorter term deal, I mean, I would consider it absolutely. I mean, I, I think Tyler Lockett's a really nice player. I think he's a good role model to have around, very reliable. But I wouldn't pay him like a 1,200-yard receiver because I'm not sure that he's that anymore. He's probably an 800-yard receiver. So I I just couldn't, you know, I certainly couldn't stomach something like $20 million. I probably couldn't even stomach something like 16 But there's probably a number that would make sense, you know, for a guy like Tyler Lockett. So I wouldn't be opposed to it. See, that I think that's the the kind of guy. You know, that maybe is a little bit past its peak or whatever that's more affordable, but would, would, would clearly be an upgrade. Uh, and so that, 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 something like that does make sense to me. But what, we only have a, a few minutes left. And so what I wanted to ask you uh, is paint the picture financially of a scenario that would include Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed being both in a Chiefs uniform next year? Uh, I mean, to me, the biggest obstacle is just simply how many checks that Clark Hunt's willing to enable to write this year. Uh, because that that's really the bigger deal. I mean, the Chiefs in the past have been a team that is, you know, really kind of ties their expenses each year to the cap. So, you know, whereas I think like last year, I think a team like the Eagles – Maybe spent 275 million versus a cap of like 208. You know, it was a league-wide cap. So, you know, there's teams that go way over the cap number, knowing that they're going to push some of that money off down the road. There's going to be void years on deals and all these things. The Chiefs have, I mean, the Chiefs have only done one void year deal essentially um, for Chris Jones, and that was just you know to get his incentives really built in there for last year, so they could extend him and. Get that one year done, push the money into you know the future years, so it wouldn't be a cap hit in twenty three that they couldn't afford. I mean, with the cap, you can you can make a lot of things work, but you know you're already writing big check every year to Patrick Mahomes for his bonus, so that's a big one right there. You got the rest of the payroll that you're going to pay, which is going to be a ton of money. But if you're going to keep Chris Jones and Legereus Sneed. You know, what are you talking about that bonus money looking like? I mean, it could be between the two of those guys combined as far as salary and cat or salary and bonus, maybe 75, 80 million combined. It could be more than that. And so that, that to me, it's doable. Keeping both those players is doable. It is going to hurt. It's going to certainly create a situation down the road where you're, there's going to be a little bit of a reckoning, but I think if you've got a quarterback like Mahomes, you're willing to, to deal with it. But you're in a unique situation here. You're talking about going for three. And if that's the case, and you want to shove all your chips all in on, on a three-peat, would you be willing to do that if it means sacrificing maybe a year or two on the back end of the next five-year window Then maybe we're going to have to go leaner and cheaper? I mean, I think it might be worth it to do something that nobody else has ever done. Three-peat. Matt Derrick, thank you so much for the time. We appreciate it. It's a pleasure, my friend. Take care, everybody.
Three Pete. That's my answer to everything. Three Pete. We'll take a break. Back after this on WHB. Welcome back to the Border Patrol and Sports Radio 810 WHB. I mentioned that I was out at uh, Nick and Jake's on 135th for a remote yesterday, and they wanted me to uh, pass along that uh, you can still buy tickets for their uh, Lifting Spirits virtual raffle, a premium bourbon experience. Uh, you can still purchase tickets up until the day of the event, which is February 29th. Go to ForTheKidsKC.org. For F O R E the kids KC dot org. And so the uh, proceeds will benefit for the kids foundation, making a profound impact on the journey to positive mental health for adolescents. And so if you would like to purchase some raffle tickets for their lifting spirits, premium bourbon experience, you can go to for the kids KC dot org and purchase raffle tickets all the way up until February 29th and know that your money is going for a uh, wonderful cause. And thank you to our friends Nick and Jakes for hosting us out there and apologize for Nate's conduct and the giant salad topped with delicious shrimp. As he as, uh, Nate, we're all behind him as he battles the gout, and uh, we're going <laughs> to have his back throughout this entire journey that he's on. Back into this on WHB. 